so I've got to um, make sure it's under 22 minutes. So, so today, you know, it's, it's um, good that um, we can have the satellite service here, just down the road with Warren and uh, Donnie and Steph. You know, thanks guys, waving to you. And the other thing is we have actually another church that we don't actually see on Sundays, and that's the people sitting in the lounges in their pyjamas that are watching as well. So, you know, in this funny old time that we're living in, we've got all sorts of things happening. Uh, people are watching from all over the place. I was just thinking the contrast of this year to last year. Last year I was in Dunedin. I was still at, my, at the hospital bed there with my brother who's in a coma, who died a few days later. And, and the two songs we sung is uh, Waymaker and The Blessing, where it is memorial service. So thanks, Jordan. I lost it right at the start, and I had to try and sort of hold it together thinking, oh, shit, I've got to preach. But it's like one thing I do want to say out of that is that, that when we're you know, praying for our kids, the generational blessing that goes down the lines is very, very important. And my brother has left a blessing to those that are around him, our sons, our kids, uh, the friends. He had 800 people at his memorial service, and it just goes to show the impact we can have if we live a life that is you know, um, dedicated to God. And so when we pray for these kids and we dedicate these kids, it's because we know that it actually works and it's true and it's real and it's substantially good. Cool. So today I just want to talk about how to eat. And so I just want to challenge us in the way that we feed ourselves today. And it comes from the, the, the thought and the Beatitudes of Matthew 5 verse 6. It says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So how we eat. Another um, one that I was thinking of is Psalm 42, and it's this. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God and for the living God. When can I go? Uh, when can I go and meet the God? My tears have been my food day and night. Just had to bring a deer into the sermon, so I've done that. But my tears have been my food day and night. And it's like, well, that doesn't even make sense. You know, when these psalmists are writing these things, what the, now, does that make sense? And what he's saying is it wasn't his tears that were food. It was his desire for God that sustained him at that time. And so Kath and I spent... Um, Seven months in America and two stints. And one thing about the American culture is when you go out for meals, you get big meals. Justin and Joni? I don't know how some of you are so trim. You get, you get there. And the problem was, you know, we'd be going out all the time. People invite, oh, okay, we'll shout your meals because they're really generous as well. And we'd have these big meals. Now, I'm from that generation, as probably a lot of you are too, where, where mum always says, clean up your plate. Go to America and cleaning up my plate was becoming a problem. Every time that I would think, oh, stuffing myself full to the fact that I'm just getting too full all the blimmin' time. And because I'm not working and I'm not sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sort of doing prayer meetings and helping with leadership and, and, and we're just not working, I didn't have a way of getting rid of, you know, you know burning up the calories. And it was like, my gosh, this is not working for me. So Kath and I decided we started getting one meal between two or we, we, we had to actually have a management plan in place so that we didn't have that couple of days where we think, oh man, we don't need any food today. And then everybody can identify with this one, Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the, the ham comes out and it's got the mustard and the apple sauce and then the lamb comes out, it's got the mint sauce, the turkey comes out, it's got the cranberry sauce and it's like, oh my gosh, 
just mix all that together and you've got flavours that just explode and then you've got your little new potatoes and your new carrots and your peas straight from the field and it's like, oh my gosh, you just, it's just every mouthful is bursting. I didn't eat any um, meals this week, uh, any evening meals this week because I thought that's going to be my, my fast because uh, as a farmer, I, I sort of, it's hard to get the energy to get through a day and I didn't want to end up in hospital like Dre did. So... Um, so I missed out on my meals, and I missed out on my meat and my veg, and man, it's like, ah, oh, wheat pixels just doesn't cut it. And so, so Christmas Day is like we're, we're eating all these beautiful flavors and mixes, and then, and then, um, and then Kath brings out a tiramisu, and it's like, oh my gosh, and then, then our famous auntie brings out her famous trifle. And then, and then mum brings out her Christmas pudding with custard and on that side plate of whipped cream. Whipped cream is a dangerous thing to chuck into Christmas meal because that fills you up real quick. And it's like, you know, you, you think, oh, just have a little bit. But you know how the, the, the hunger pains sort of go away and you know that you're getting full. But it's not until you've eaten too much that you find out that you're too full. And then you, you're rolling around just about bursting thinking, oh, my gosh, I've overdone it. And then, then we go out and you play a bit of cricket or a bit of badminton on the lawn or something and, you, and it just comes off a little bit and it's like, oh, I think I'm going to live. I think I'm going to make it. You know, it's like, whoa, we got through. And then the evening meal comes out at sort of like 7.30 because no one thought about food for a few hours. And then you get all the stuff brought up again. And it's all sitting there again looking fantastic. Plus what was held back from the first part of the day. And you think, I am not going to eat any food. But then you find yourself picking and before long, you've eaten too much again. And it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Now you've got to go to bed and you're over full and you're rolling around there. You've got reflux and it's like, oh my gosh, I am never going to eat again. Who's vowed that on Christmas Day? That's it. I'm done with eating. I am not going to eat again. And a couple of days later, you actually think, oh, I actually probably need to eat a little bit more again. I'm actually hungry again. I'm actually looking forward to food again. And so, so that's our, our, our pattern. Now, the thing about um, this is how we eat and how we, we put, th- put things in. I've got a story in a minute from um, Bill Johnson. I just want to read. It's just what he said. Um, I don't know about you, but I have a, a, a Christmas Day plan now. I eat small portions. I eat slowly. What else do I do? I don't eat whipped cream. And I do not overeat because I want to enjoy the day and not roll around like a soccer ball. Who's made a decision? It's a self-management decision. Have you you made a decision? How many people said, yeah, this is how I'm doing Christmas Day? Well, good luck. It's coming up soon. So having a hunger for God is also like a management decision. And it's like, you know, how do I... How do I do this? And, and it's a decision that actually I'm going to be hungry for God. I'm going, to, I'm going to purpose to be hungry for the things of God. And so if we look at the scripture in Matthew 5 verse 6, there's five thoughts in there that I just want to rip through to show, like there's a lot in just one scripture. I'm, I'm only today talking about one scripture. I was going to put a PowerPoint up there, and so I've only got one scripture. So that's where my coffee's going if I don't finish in 20 minutes. If we look at the first word, it's hunger. Now, it's not in the same order that it's in the scripture because I've done this on purpose. But hunger means it's longing for spiritual substance. You know, how many of us long for, you know, like you long for food. When you haven't eaten food, you long for food. How many of us long 
for spiritual substance. It's a serious commitment to grow. So if you don't eat food, you don't grow. If you don't grow, I guess you die. Which means reading the Bible or studying the Bible. And these days, you know, we've got the old YouTube We've got podcasts and things. We can tap into a lot of different food sources right now in our spiritual quest to, to fill that side of our lives. And it's a desperate longing for more of God in our lives. So that's what is spiritually eating. When we, we're actually hungry for more of God, it's a longing for Him. The second thing is thirsting. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's wanting to live a godly life. It's like, I want more of God. I want more of the experience of God in my life. It's longing for the vitality, peace, and delight that comes with relationship in God. And there's so much more that we have in God when we tap into the Holy Spirit side of things. And the, the thirsting part is, is like the Holy Spirit living within us. So hunger is about the Word and being full of the truth. And thirsting is about the Holy Spirit coming to live in us. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And so the, the third word is Blessed. So if you're hungering and thirsting, there's a blessing that goes with that. And that's pretty cool because we all want to be blessed. Who doesn't like being blessed? There's no hands going up. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> which means, blessed means, which means to be made holy and consecrated. A favor or a gift given by God. And we can all do with that. God's favor upon you. It brings an, in, uh, it brings an increase of joy and happiness. And it's described as divine well-being. And that's one of well-being is one of those words you hear a lot these days. You know, we're talking about well-being, and particularly in the era of COVID and how we're living now, it's about our well-being. How are you? How are you doing? I asked a guy at the, at the service station this morning. He was just chatting away. And I said, "So how are you? How are you, Peter?" I think he was a bit shocked at the question because here's somebody like normally you talk about the weather, and then I said, "How are you? How are you, Peter?" And and I, I just saw him go, "Oh, yeah, I'm good." <laughs> and it's like, "Wow, you haven't had that question for a while." The fourth word in that scripture is righteousness, which means for me to be in right relationship with God. And so, you know, it takes a little bit of, like I said before, self-management to be in right relationship with God. And one thing I have noticed is that quite often I see people's confidence take a hit because they don't feel that they're right relationship with God. Like I might go, um, Shannon, can you um, come and prophesy over um, Ruth? And it's like, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't read my Bible this week. And, it's, and somehow we have a bit of a guilt trip. It's like, oh, I'm not where I think I should be, um, and I can't do that. But when we're in right relationship with God, whose phone's that? When we're in right relationship with God, we have a confidence that goes with that because we've been walking the journey. You know how when you haven't seen people for a while, it's just, you're just sort of checking out, how, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. And you get back into relationship. When we're not walking close with God, Sometimes we don't feel confidence because it's like, oh God, do you still know me? Do you still love me? Of course he does, but sometimes we question our relationship. And the fifth thing is, for they shall be filled. The word filled. Who doesn't like being filled? On Christmas Day, I love being filled, but I hate being overfilled. You, uh, your, your word, the word filled is the same meaning as the word satisfied. And so when we're spiritually, you know, um, hungry and, and uh, eating, when we are spiritually satisfied, it's just like Christmas Day when we've just had the right amount and we're feeling pretty good that we are satisfied now. Bill Johnson says this, or Chris Valentine actually said one time he went to a conference with Bill and they were going to both be speaking at this church conference and they were sharing the same room and, and Chris goes to the toilet in the middle of the night 
And he goes past Bill's bed and Bill's talking to him and he stops. Oh, no. And here's Bill. As he's breathing out, he's saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're everything to me. And Chris stopped and looked at him and thought, he is asleep. And as he's breathing out, Jesus, I love you. And I thought, my gosh, do I do that, Kev? <laughs> and I thought, man, that is powerful. And he got up three nights in a row every night. He heard Bill Johnson, Jesus, I love you. You're everything to me. Jesus, I love you. That is pretty powerful. So Bill, Bill's the sort of guy that when he, when he speaks, when he, when he preaches, you know, we've been to conferences thing where, where Bill, or you listen to podcasts or uh, YouTube, when Bill preaches, sometimes it's not the big story that he's preaching that has the impact. It's the one-line sentences that he has all through it. And so when you're taking notes, it's just it's random one lines. And we were talking with a bunch of people about that. And it's crazy how he can deliver a message, but it's done in one-liners. And so you don't need the whole thing. The one line is the thing that sticks with you. And this is what he was saying about spiritual hunger. He said this, In the natural, you get hungry if you don't eat. But in the kingdom of God, you get hungry by eating. You do. You get hungry by eating. You let that one sort of sink for a second. When we eat in the physical, we get full. But when we eat in the, in, in the spiritual, we get hungrier. If you want to maintain hunger for God, it's about, uh, if you want to maintain hungry for God, it's about to do, oh my gosh. Oh, if you want to maintain hunger for what God is about to do, then you need to read the right book. Okay, what's the right book? The Bible. You know, it's very hard to make progress if you're not reading the Bible. It will stir up a hunger. Be with the right people. Their testimonies will provoke you to hunger for more. And I like that, that when we're together, when we're sharing our stories, we were at Connect Group the other night, and we all shared our stories. And it provokes us for more because it's like, hey, I was just so excited about the journey that you've come on. It's, been, it's actually encouraged me. It provokes us. Uh, being in the right gatherings where you'll see God move in ways that you wish that you could also move in. What's happening is you're in, ingesting all these spiritual nutrients, and it's you making you hungry for more. And when you know, when we're not able to meet, and you're you know, we're in, in our homes and things, we're not around other people. It's like like the, the, the nutrient part of it. It's like I was thinking, um, who's, who's like sea fishing here? Where do you fish when you're sea fishing? You look for the the sea is a good start, and then you look for the birds. You see where the frenzy is going on. And so in a fishing frenzy, you might have dolphins rounding up fish or kingfish running, rounding up fish or whatever. And then you've got gannets and seagulls and, and albatrosses and birds and fishermen. Everybody comes because there's, there's a lot of nutrient that's getting caught up in the carnage of the, of the slaughter of you know, all these fish being eaten. There's bits and tails and bits and blood and stuff and all these birds and everything come into it. And there's a big feeding frenzy. So there's a nutrient that's available if you want to hang around that. And so when we come together and we, we are worshipping and fellowshipping together, there's a nutrient value that we get. And it feeds us. And sometimes you think, oh, I didn't get anything out of this morning, out of the service. But being around other people, you got something out of it because you're, you're in the right environment, right atmosphere to pick up on the nutrients that are, 
all over the place. He said, we're most dangerous when we're not hungry. When he says we're most dangerous, we're most dangerous is not being in relationship with God. And then he says this. We're not hungry when we become spiritually lazy. And we're no longer absorbing the things that God has said and done. His word is filled with promises, but are we seeing all of them happen? No, we're not. Are we seeing some of them? Yes. We expose ourselves to what he said. He said, for example, in Joel 2, I will pull my spirit out on all flesh. Are we seeing that happen? We're seeing some of it happen. He said, he said all. So at some point we have to go for his version of the scripture instead of ours and start believing for the all. God, I want everyone in my city to be touched by your presence and by your power. We start seeing the possibilities of scripture and, and, and the standards that Jesus gave for praying for the sick. He went about doing good, healing all who were repressed by the devil. For God was with him, every person who came to him. And so you see these standards, you prayerfully meditate on them, and it creates a hunger in you. And if you want to see that online, you can find it. It's, it's actually just the way he says it. He, he, he just stops and he just lets you digest that as he says it. It's just very powerful. I love the part when he said about, you know, when we're together, you know, we're ingesting nutrient. And that's what family does. That's what the corporate you know, body of the church does. When we're together, we want more of what, um, what God is doing. You know, like how many people have been to conferences or you've been to social gatherings that where, where it's intentional. You're hearing about God, you're hearing good teaching and that, and you just want more. You think it's going to be a long week, but somehow you get caught up and you just want more. When you're in social gatherings, you know, and you get off, like the guy at the forecourt in the petrol station today, you get off the weather and you get onto something that's meaningful, Somehow you want more because you engage in the conversation, you engage in the evening, and it's all of a sudden, it's like we've just gone for another level here. We're not just talking about superficial stuff and how's your work day and stuff. You're actually talking about your marriage, and you're just talking about what God's doing in your life and, and what your dreams and aspirations are. And you know, I have those conversations where I know that we've just gone from, the, from just practical social to deeply spiritual, and that's just so exciting. When we stop meeting together, our our spiritual appetite diminishes. And so that you know, goes to say, you know, how many people have seen people say, oh, I'm not going to go to church anymore, I'm not going to do this anymore, and that. And what happens over time is it's, it's, it, they, they fail to keep a relationship solid with God. Yeah, still Christian, still believe in God, but somehow the edge has gone off. Until we get hungry again, until we think, something's missing, I need more of something. And then you realize, oh, it's God. I've, I've sort of drifted from God, and now I need to get back to him. There's also a hunger that's not being matched by a diet. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, man, I just need something more. And, and, but the thing is, what we need is right in front of us. It is actually a relationship with God. And so we're hungry, and so we just go to the fridge thinking that, oh, just, you know, in that loose end time? And really the fridge is the only thing that stands out that could sort of possibly help you. It's like what's in the biscuit tins. Or, um, but often it's that time where God is like, you know, I just want your attention. And spiritual hunger is a diet that we can acquire a taste for. When we, when we finally decide, hey, okay, God, I'm just going to not do my thing. I'm going to actually press into you. And that diet grows us. So just in finishing, if the, the musicians would like to come up, I just want to look at some scriptures that just reinforce that. How are we going? Am I going to get under 22 minutes? 
All right, that's good. John 6.35 says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And he's not talking about eating him. It's about reading his word, and it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4.4 says this, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, you know, we think, you know, bread's going to sustain us. Actually, if you just tried to live on bread, you'd struggle. You'd have to have the biggest whole grains and things, but um, it's, it's actually, you would actually miss out. So, but when he's talking about that, we're not living on bread alone. We're not living on food alone. We're living on what God has said. And then if we go back to the very first verse, Matthew 5, verse 6 again, but I want to read it in the Passion Bible. It says... How enriched are you when you crave righteousness? For you will be satisfied. And often it's like we're looking for something more. And somehow we just can't quite put our finger on what that something more is. Can I suggest this? It's more of God. It's not more of everything else. It's more of God. That's what you're looking for. Because it said, when you find that, you will be satisfied. And I think we all like being satisfied. In the Message Bible, it says it this way. You are blessed when you have worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal that you'll ever eat. And I know some, some you know, just wrestle with the fact, I don't know if I want to follow God. I don't know if I want to commit my life to him, but he says he's the best meal you'll ever eat. And sometimes about stepping over the threshold and saying, God, I need you in my life. And just as a challenge, you know, often we, we come to church, but somehow we're not satisfied. And I just believe God is, in these times that we're living in there, God is wanting to satisfy his people. He's wanting to do something new and fresh in His people. We haven't been down this path before. You know, our church is nowhere near as big as it used to be on a Sunday. It is online because of restriction and because of what we can and can't do. And all that becomes a distraction when God says, all you've got to do is eat of me. My word. Be filled with my spirit. Let your appetite be about me not about what's happening around, just about me and God, my spiritual appetite. I want to be full spiritually because it creates a hunger for more. You will not overfill. Can we stand, please? Okay, we're just going to sing this song and just as we're going to close out the meeting, but just today, if anybody just knows that, hey, I am not where I want to be. I need to get spiritual, spiritually hungry for God. I want to align myself with that alignment. I want my diet to change. I want more of God, not more of myself. I've tried to, tried to appease that appetite and other things, but it's like ultimately... It's only God that can appease that appetite, fill that appetite, and keep it flowing. 
Let's sing the song. And if you would love some prayer this morning before we close out the meeting, just come up. We've got a few people up here that would love to pray with you. And then I'll hand it back over to Dre once we have sung. Thank you.